passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. And thank you for tuning in to the YouTube channel and the Believe Podcast Network. Comment and question below. In about 40 seconds, we are going to be talking about the Chicago Bears hiring general manager Ryan Poles and new head coach Matt Eberflus. But first, we have to hear from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, they want to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the NFL playoffs and even the Super Bowl. That's because BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. It's a new year, but they got a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up. So go there right now and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe BLEAV to get started. Football, basketball, hockey, boxing, you name it, they got it. Vegas casino games even. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 year. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. We got a lot to talk about. We are in a new era here. I am decked out in my Bears gear today because we are making a brand new chapter. George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, and the Chicago Bears. They just said to everyone, the fan base, they said, you know what? We're letting Ryan and Matt go, and we're bringing in Ryan. We're bringing in Ryan and Matt. We're bringing in a brand new. <laughs> we're bringing in Ryan Same and Matt. names. Right. Yeah, we got pl- we got plenty to talk about. Well, let's talk about let's talk, first say hello to our former Bears defensive end, my co-host Fox 32 Chicago's very own Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's going on, my man? Uh, you know, the anticipation, man. It was it was uh making me, you know, a little nuts right now and and we were planning to do this podcast yesterday, but I was like, let's hold on. Ended up working out so we can give you our reactions to everything and you know, I'm kind of glad they, you know, went through the process and, and picked the picked the coach and the GM and, and the whole bit. So we're, we're going to dive into that in a little bit. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. Uh, good call, Corey. Uh, you know, the Chicago Bears, Ryan and Matt hit me, baby, one more time. We've got some answers here. So now we can start looking forward to the future and maybe start talking about some stuff on the field. But let's just talk about the rearrangement here. we got new leaders in charge right now of this organization moving forward. And we're going to kind of walk through this in a couple of different steps, right? Where the first one is, let's kind of maybe do a full disclaimer is, no matter what your opinion is or my opinion is or anyone on Twitter or social media, we don't know how this is going to play out, right? But we do want to let our emotions and our opinions kind of affect how we're feeling right now because we are fans and analysts. So we're going to go through some pros and cons a little bit. Let's start first with the head coaching hire, the big news of the day here on Thursday. Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, is now the head coach of the Chicago Bears, a man from Toledo, Ohio. He's a former linebackers coach and Corey. Learned at the knee under the tutelage of not just Rob Ryan, but your your man, Rod Marinelli, who's already out there talking about good things about him and what exactly. he comes from in his background, the 4-3 defense. Corey, 
Your reaction to Matt Eberflus as the Chicago yeah. Bears head coach. Are you surprised? You feel good? Give us how you feel, man. I, so so I was I was a little surprised because I thought they were gonna go the offensive route, like an offensive-minded head coach. Um, but the 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 more you know I'm hearing about him, the more I'm researching about him, you know, because I've known about him, you know, what he's been able to do in Indy. And then, you know, hearing Rob Marinelli on 670 to score talk uh, so highly of him. You know, that's a guy that I always talk about. Rob Marinelli, one of my favorite coaches out there, gets the best out of his players. And Everflus is the same type of coach. You know, Sean Lee, has the linebacker that played for the Cowboys for 11, 12 years in the league, was a pro bowler, had said he was one of the best coaches I've ever had. His attention to detail, getting the best out of players. And it made me think that's the same as Rod Marinelli. And you look at when this Bears defense was doing the best in Chicago, right? It was when Lovey and Rod Marinelli were here. Um, so maybe we could see a possible reunion, maybe, if Rod Marinelli, because they yeah. coached together um, in Dallas. And now Rod Marinelli, you know, the situation for the Raiders, right? Um, so he's he could potentially be, uh, you know, a, a coordinator or a defensive line coach for the Bears which I would love to see him in some capacity. And, you know, people were even talking about possibly love, a lovey reunion as the coordinator. Uh, I, I don't see that I happening. don't know. He, he, the dude was the head coach, right, Corey? You can't yeah. come back to the organization in a low, lesser yeah. role, right? That's just that's yeah. weird, right? But, but, I, but I think Chicago would open him, you know, would welcome him with open arms just because yeah. the defense was so dominant in his tenure. And sometimes I wish there wasn't such a stigma with that, you know, uh, you know, being a head coach and getting fired and then possibly, you know, joining the team again in a lesser role. My thing is like this, if you can help a team win games, but you know, that, that might be something that potentially wouldn't work out, but Marinelli situation would be interesting. But um, yeah, you, you look at Everflus when he was in Indy, since he's been there as a coordinator, uh, top 10 and taking the ball away. Right. And Vic Fangio, when he was for the bears and Rod Marinelli, lovey, we were really good at taking the ball out. So if we can get back to that and the big thing, what, what do we struggle with this year, right? Attention to detail, discipline, gap assignment. That's what Everflus stresses. Sean Lee said that countless times in an interview. Um, he's attention to detail. He's going to hammer this. You're going to see it a million times. You're going to go through it a million times because at this stage in the game at the NFL, guys, we, the physical, the hitting, they don't need to do that. It's, it's, it's all in between here. Um, and I think that's what we need going forward is a coach that really stresses discipline because the Bears team under Matt Nagy was very undisciplined at times. So if we can get back to the more disciplined ball club, uh, I think that would be huge. So I'm just hearing great things. Um, I know Greg Gabriel said online that um, Chris Ballard and Rod Marinelli spoke extremely high of him. Uh, and I think that's great praise because they're, they're both two great, brilliant football minds in there. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is who's going to be the coordinator going forward offensively. Mm -hmm. You know, I think defensively, <laughs> yeah. defensively, I think they'll have that. He'll have that locked in. I think yeah. he'll, he'll pick a great choice for that. But who's going to be the offensive coordinator? And, uh, you know, I'm kind of hearing some whisperings, uh, possibly Clint Kubiak. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's an interesting one because. You know, I, people say, oh, well, the Vikings, they didn't turn the ball over much at all as far as interceptions. And you talk about a young quarterback getting him going, um, Justin Fields, and having him protect the football. Um, the Vikings had a couple games where they had, uh, I think, five games over 500 yards, 400 yards passing, I believe. Um, 
and yeah, taking care of the football. So that'd be an interesting one. And then my former uh, college teammate, Mike Kafka, from uh, I was I was gonna say, uh, yeah, Wild Wildcat. Yes, and and I'll tell you, um, one of one of the smartest guys as far as X's and O's, understanding uh, defenses, understanding the breakdown of an offense, and you know, I, I've heard that he's continued to rise up in the ranks, obviously in the league and, and under Andy Reid. You know, I think the, the crazy part is he he was a year into coaching, was the quality control, and then they promoted him to QB coach right away. And Andy Reid drafted him um, in Philly, same year I came out, 2010, and then he, he puts him as his QB coach a year after first getting into coach. I think that's very telling about mm-hmm. the type of mind he is. And I've heard great things about his development with, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, so it, it would be, it would be very interesting. And the connection with the GM, Ryan Poles knows Kafka. So um, yeah, I, I think that would be a very interesting take. Um, you know, I think some people might scrutinize it because he doesn't have that experience yet um, calling the plays. So, you know, but I, I could see, um, you know, I, I know he's hand in hand there. I think he has the intelligence He's learned under Andy Reid, so it'd be interesting, uh, you know, possible possible uh, candidate. Yeah, in terms of the candidates right now that they could be contacting for OC, the list is actually pretty impressive. If it's cool, real mm-hmm. quick, I want to rope back to the defense for just one moment because yeah. you brought up a couple of really interesting points. Uh, the first one in terms of Eberflus, congratulations, John Fox. Uh, you are still the only head coach in Chicago Bears organization history who's had pre, uh, pre-existing head coaching experience. Uh, so we're keeping that going. He's another first-round guy. You mentioned about the Lovey Smith thing, and I, I, I my, my take on that, and this is kind of this is a criticism I think on George McCaskey and Ted Phillips more than it is Ryan uh, on polls or Eberflus or what's going on today and right now. But it is really ironic. Corey that and you were on this team that go back to that era right Lovey Smith wins you know Lovey Smith misses the playoffs they 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 fire Angelo and they bring in Phil Emery they get rid of Lovey Smith after he wins 10 games and in that process when Phil Emery comes in we lose Chris Ballard because Chris Ballard goes to the Indianapolis Colts fast forward two offensive gurus and one guy who's been to a Super Bowl later here we are again, Corey, talking to Chris Ballard, someone who's, who knows and has worked with Ryan Poles in the past, someone who was obviously Eberflus's boss and hired him, and now we're going back to bring in a coach who, as you mentioned, loves loafs, loves takeaways. I believe over his last four years, he's gotten over 20 takeaways from his Colts defense last four years, which is impressive, more than the Bears have actually done in the last four years. Their defense was 30th ranked overall when he came in. He got them into the 8-10 range. And now it's sort of like, it is almost kind of like saying, I'm sorry, we kind of messed up with the thing we had going on with Lovey Smith. The thing that we never got right was the offensive coordinator. Before we get to the offense, Corey, can you please just tell the Bears fans and the people watching right now, there's a lot of rumors out there about them switching back to 4-3. You know, in your opinion, what do you think the biggest difference is going to be? Does that match up well with our personnel right now? And if it doesn't, what are we going to have to do to perhaps maybe change that in the offseason? Yeah, no, I, I feel like we could uh, do either or, you know, in my opinion. I feel like, um, you know, Robert Quinn, I feel like he could play both a 3-4 or a 4-3. He did in Dallas well. with Rod Marinelli, yeah. yeah. It, exactly. So he has that – it's the same type of defense, you know, with every. Flu. So, um, you know, I think if, if we bring back a guy like Akeem Hicks, I think he could play both a 3-4 or a 4-3. 
Eddie um, Goldman, maybe enough, Eddie Goldman Eddie gets Goldman, a bump and nice the nose, nose too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then so and then Roquan and company. I, I, I feel good about that. But um yeah, I'm 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 excited because you, you brought up a very good point because for me, I was like, okay, offensive minded coach, offensive minded coach. And I think that's a great thing. But when I look at the teams that were so dominant for years, like the, the Giants, you look at how dominant their defense was. And that really carried that team the years they won the Super Bowl. And I think, you know, obviously it'd be great to have a, a great offense and this, that, and the other. The coordinator offensively is going to be huge. But if we can get back to being disciplined team defensively, you know, taking the football away, you know, really being the anchor of the team, that will make everything better for Justin Fields and company, as long as we have the right coordinator in place. And you brought up a great point. It baffled me after that 10 and six season, we started out seven and one, ended up, you know, 10 and six um, defense was top five defense. You know, mm-hmm. we were, we we're up there, I think for a league record and takeaways for a season. Um, it was scoring defense, you name it. And they fire him. You know, I just, I just never understood that. Just like uh, Brian Flores, right? After a 10 and six season last year, a nine and seven season this year, when the quarterback situation was crazy, and he has the locker room, just like Lovey had the locker room. The guys bought into him, loved him, and then you fire them. I don't understand that, right? I could understand if you lost the locker room, like Matt Nagy did before he got fired, right? This season, mm-hmm. he didn't have the locker room, right? You, all the reports about him and Allen Robinson and company. I think people. After he didn't relinquish the play calling duties, they were just like, you know, I loved them, but, you know, for that, I, I, I can't rock with them anymore. So I understand that. But to, to get back to the lovey play, I just I just never understood that because it was such a great error in in defense. And then the next year we run the same system with basically the same people, with the exception of Brian Erlacher. And we go from top five defense to 32nd in the league, 31st, one of the it, it just baffles me. And that's why, you know, the, the Bears head coaching surge, you know, from Tressman to John Fox, now to uh, Matt Nagy, and now Everflu. So I like this direction now that I think about it, you know, because I was like, offense, offense. No, get back to the basics with defense. Be the anchor of the team, and let's get this offensive coordinator, you know, situation uh, figured out. Because I think that's the key with getting Justin Fields in the best place he could be. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they'll ever admit it, but I think this is pretty much saying we screwed up. Yeah. We screwed up eight years ago. And, Corey, look, I will say that when I got the news that, he that you know, Iberflus was going to be the head coach, I'll be honest with you. I find it to be in uh, – I'm, I'm unenthusiastic about the hire. I just really am. But here's the thing, though. And, Bears fans, I know you're feeling the exact ways that I'm feeling right now. Is it fair to say that, you know, maybe boring is okay in this particular case? Now, we've been on this pot a lot. You know, we talked a lot about Jim Harbaugh, right? And then you got a lot of reports about how Jim Harbaugh wanted $100 million. And now it looks like he's not even get the Vegas job and he's going to go back to Michigan, right? They never even called Ryan Day. So for whatever reason, that never happened. And Sean Payton, my boy, my pie in the sky, is now retiring and moving on. I sort of want to think I was on to something there, but clearly it wasn't with the Chicago Bears. But, Corey, is it fair to say I heard it categorized that hiring Eberflus today is like hitting a solid double? It's not a home run, but it's a double. And maybe that's what this Bears organization needs right now. And I'm looking at this from a simplistic view of, yeah, this isn't the most enthusiastic thing in the world. Sure, the Bears didn't go for it, didn't go for the gold and maybe hire the flashy name. Mm -hmm. But now you have a defensive-minded head coach and you have a general manager who is an offensive lineman in the NFL. 
And when we're talking about Justin Fields, and this is kind of a precursor to this offensive coordinator conversation, is it is boring okay? Because isn't that aren't yeah. those the two main foundations that might give him the best shot to succeed instead of maybe going out and getting a flashy wide receiver or you you know yeah. you kind of see where I'm getting at a little bit? Exactly, and I think you know people understand and they're looking at everything. They're looking at the Bears, you know, polls and company like, okay, what can we do to to build a good nucleus around this team, right? Stability, right? Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that Lovey Smith type Inside of out, yeah. Yes, exactly. Attention to detail, gap discipline, assignment sound, everybody, offensive, defensive, right? Buy into the system, buy into it. That's what they need to because the past few years, the first year, everybody bought into Matt Nagy and the system and everything he was preaching in this. The offense didn't, didn't woo you or wow you, but it was still better than it got over time so I think after you know he kind of lost the locker room that that that's what it was you know I think everybody bought in and then they didn't so if everyone could buy into this we get the offensive coordinator situation I think the sky is the limit and and in my opinion I was really looking at Brian Dable like man seeing Josh Allen his progression and mm-hmm. how instrumental he's been I mean Josh Allen I I I, I was very unimpressed with him in seasons past. I was like, ah, you know, he's okay. Corey, pull up his rookie numbers. They're almost identical to Justin Fields. It's pretty crazy. Like he threw 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, Justin Fields had eight and 12. Their passing yards are almost the same. Completion almost the same. A mobile guy that you kind of didn't seem comfortable, right? With his reads, with the progressions, knowing when to tuck it and go. Um, And then just seeing his progression, you know, last season and this season, this season for sure. I mean, he is going to be a rising star in this league for years to come. Seeing him in that game against Patrick Mahomes, two bright young quarterbacks going back and forth when the game's on the line, you know, Josh Allen, you know, scrambling on fourth down when he needs to get them, then completing it, you know, four touchdowns to the same receiver. I mean, he just looked so comfortable in there. And everyone was saying, and he said it himself, that's because of Brian Dable. And I was just like, oh, that's a match made in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. We have a young quarterback in Justin Fields, you know, similar to, similar to Josh Allen, very mobile, kind of unsure of himself in that rookie year. Look what he's done now. And I thought, oh, man, if we could get him, Justin Fields would be like a, like a Josh Allen, you know, having that type of progression. But he still can. It's, it's, it's instrumental with the offensive coordinator. And now it seems like Dable's going to go to New York because the GM that was hired for the Giants – was with him in, in the Bills. So I, I think that's probably going to be a fit. And I've heard that he might bring, uh, if he's the coach, bring Trubisky with him. You know, I've, I've, Yeah, I've heard Trubisky there. I've heard Trubisky in Washington too as well. And yeah. the, the thing I heard with Dayball a little bit that kind of gave the Chicago Bears pause was once Shane went to the Giants, um, Dayball filling out his staff, I guess, like had them had them hesitate for a second. And for whatever reason, Iberflus Caldwell, and especially Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn specifically, had an idea of how to fill out his staff that really intrigued the Chicago Bears. So let's talk about these offensive coordinators just real quick. I'm going to read a list of names off to you. You've already mentioned a couple of them. And then I have a question for you that I, I, I want to learn from you yeah. about what you, your perspective is. So here's what we've got so far. You already mentioned uh, quarterbacks coach uh, Mike Kafka, former yeah. Northwestern Wildcat. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put him on the list. I'm going to put Jim Caldwell on the list. I really yeah. am. I mean, if he's 67 and wants to work in the NFL and it's not going to be a head coaching job, what better way than maybe be an assistant head coach and just run the offense? Uh, the Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. Vikings mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, as you mentioned, Clint Kubiak. The 49ers yep. offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel. And then the Texans quarterback coach, passing game coordinator, Pep Hamilton, former with yeah. the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, you mentioned Kafka. Any of those other names kind of stand out yeah. to you? And can you talk a little bit about Kafka from the Andy Reid tree, yeah. guys like McDaniel and O'Connell from that McVay-Shanahan yeah. zone read yeah. scheme? Oh, yeah. Yep. What's the, what's the big difference? Do you like one maybe more than the other for Justin Fields, and could that maybe tip the scales of where the Bears should go? Yeah, I, I like I like the zone read scheme for him just because yeah. of his ability to use his feet. I think I think that fits best for him. Um, you know, I think that's where he could see the mo- the most growth from that. I think that's that's where he really shines. Um, you know, I think I think in my opinion, I'm really intrigued by Pep Hamilton, right? Because I, I look at mm. his success with Andrew Luck. You know. Yeah. And a younger quarterback getting him going. Um, you know, I know Andrew Andrew Luck was was pretty NFL ready, um, but that really really intrigues me. You know, um, you know, I think out of all of them, that's the one I could see landing there, and I, I would I would love that. What, what do you feel about that? I mean, I, Pep Hamilton's really interesting to me. I don't know a lot about each of these guys, right? But of mm-hmm. course, when we're talking about these offensive coordinators right now, and this is kind of one of the cons when people bring up Eberflus, yeah. is it doesn't solve the question of how do we develop Justin Fields? We've mm-hmm. just we've just picked up Eberflus, but that question still remains. And with a lot of these guys, the offensive coordinators of the moment, the Brian Dables, the Byron yeah. Leftwiches of the world, they've already graduated to head coach and candidate positions. So yep. these guys are dudes that I'm I'm kind of really curious. The Pep Hamilton one really intrigued me because he was already in the organization. We didn't really want to let him go, but he moved on to greener pastures. Yep. And then the other ones are Kevin O'Connell and Mike Daniel, McDaniel, two guys yep. that are going to be involved in football this weekend yep. because both of them are guys who have head coaches who already call the plays. Now, I know you're screaming Matt Nagy. You're thinking about it. Yep. But those two guys are coming from a system that I'm intrigued by, and they can come to Chicago – run their own system, run their own thing, call their own plays. And then, of course, if it's successful, they go off, and then they become the head coach in two or three years somewhere else. But I'm kind of curious. Do we go back to the Andy Reid thing? Is that what's best for Justin Fields? Or does it it really, really matter, like, necessarily what they end up doing there? Yeah, I I think it does matter. And and you brought up a good point. Both of those coordinators that you talked about aren't calling the plays for the Rams or the 49ers. Right. And that, that worries me. Right. Yeah. Um, that's why, that's why Kubiak and Pep Hamilton are, are my first picks. You know, I think Kafka being, being our relationship, knowing him and, and knowing what people say of him. Um, I'm hoping that it would pan out, but that is a risky, that's a, that's a high, high risk, high reward thing. So, um, you know, I think uh, Pep Hamilton, you know, or Kubiak, I think those are, safer options they've, they've proven themselves as play callers um kubiak really really intrigues me you know just from you know learning under his father and this past year really really getting that offense going um you know Kirk cousins not turning the ball over much even the backups that were in there when he was hurt um didn't turn didn't turn the ball over i think in 60 uh 60 attempted passes so mm. i think that's very telling and, and protecting the football is, is going to be key for justin fields going forward so I'm just a little weary of the guys that aren't the play callers because it always looks good on paper. It looked great for Matt Nagy. Oh, he's under Andy Reid. This looks great. They won a Super Bowl, this, that, and the other. But he wasn't calling the plays, right? So, yeah, I I think, you know, a lot of Patrick Mahomes' development was through Andy Reid. You look at Andy Reid's track record, right? What he did with Donovan McNabb really turned him into an elite quarterback. And then I brought this up. Alex Smith comes from San Francisco, thrown to the side for Colin Kaepernick. Alex Smith's the game manager. He cannot do this. Then he comes in to uh, Kansas City and is a three or four time pro bowler uh, leading the league in passing yards, passing efficiency, 
um, really has that offense going, right? And this is a guy that everyone said, oh, he's going to be a, either backup or game manager. So that's the Andy Reid effect. That's what I'm hoping, um, you know, a different coordinator can, can elevate a guy like Justin Fields' game like that. Because like I, I've always said, there's certain people that can play in any scheme. It doesn't matter. And they're going to ball out, right? That's like a guy like Tom Brady right now at his stage in the game, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, a guy like Drew Brees when he played, um, you know, those are guys that can play in under any system. And there's some guys that need that great system to cater to them, you know, and the teams that do it well, you know, the Chiefs, the Patriots, they always put their guys in positions to succeed. So I'm hoping whoever the coordinator is, they can do that, right? And I look at Kubiak and I think he put Kirk Cousins in a position to succeed. And, you know, that's been the big knock. Oh, Kirk Cousins, this, that, and the other. But, you know, turning over the football, that's something that they didn't do in Minnesota, especially with interceptions. It's tough, right? And this is going to be a huge hire. Just as important yeah. as hiring Eberflus and just as important as it is putting Pauls in position is this offensive coordinator has been just – It's it's been a cursed position for the Chicago Bears for so long – and you're so right too, because man, what there's there's three outcomes, right? One is the Matt Nagy outcome, never called plays, but came from a system, and you know everyone's stamped and signed off on him. It didn't work out. And then you've got the Eric Bieniemy, which unfortunately it seems like the stink of Matt Nagy will never give him some sort of opportunity exactly. now, and no one can figure out for the life of them whether he really is calling plays or whether it is Andy Reid. And then you have door number three, where it does work out where the Matt LaFleur is the quarterback coaches and yeah. that, that live that under the tutelage of Kyle Shanahan eventually move off and then they do become good at calling plays. Whether we know whether that's Nathaniel Hackett or not, who's now the new head yeah. coach of the Denver Broncos, we won't exactly. really know, Corey, and that's what's so difficult and they have to get this And you this have right. Aaron Rodgers that you could, you, could, you could call you could call like the worst plays in the world and he'll make something out of nothing. So I, right. I think that's yeah. Telling, Do you so. think he drew up that play to Aaron Jones on that breakdown before the half against the 49ers? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. No, exactly, man. You're you're right, man. And it's just it's it's a huge it's a huge wait and see. I understand if Chicago Bears aren't exactly like jumping up and down right now. I'm excited to hear the guy talk, right? I mean, yeah. not to say that it's going to sway me, you know, really one way or the other. And I'm with you though. You know, Pep Hamilton would be interesting too because I would be interested to see them interview some people outside of the comfort zone of the circles that they run in. Uh, if we looked at it, you know, we can go back a couple of months now. Trace Armstrong, could he become the next president of football operations with the Chicago Bears? Was he meeting with the Bears? Well, you know what he probably was doing? He was giving them intel about his clients, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, who was both yeah. represented by Trace Armstrong, right? And these kind of circles, you begin to realize Poles and Eberflus kind of sort of knew each other through different channels. Yep. On, onward and so forth. I think Pepple Hamilton would be nice to kind of maybe, I don't know if they have any connections, right? I think it would be cool yeah. if they maybe bring someone in from the outside, maybe kind of push themselves outside of their box a little bit, trying to just yeah. see what's out there. No, no, I, I would love that. I, I think, um, you know, a, a lot of Bears fans are just kind of, kind of unsure, like of, of Iberflus and, you know, because he wasn't, he wasn't the hottest name like, like you had talked about earlier. It's a weird name, Corey. It's a, it's a weird name to say too. I hate to be I like know. shallow and I'm glib like, about e it, but yeah. Eber flus, Eber flus, you know, you yeah. When you, on. when you imagine the Lombardi trophy being passed over, like, is it, is it Eberflus? Like, I, yeah. but you know, look, that's, that's such a, it's, it's a knee jerk. It's a shallow thing, but I think it's also fair for bears fans to be skeptical, right though, Corey. I mean, yeah. We've been exactly. sold this for a couple of different regimes now, and you were yep. part of the last one that actually worked. And, dude, that was yep. eight years ago. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And I know that the fans, they want instant results. And I, I thinking about it more, I think this was the right selection, right? Because we talked about it being more disciplined. Bears are one of the most penalized teams, right? Defensively, we had we had all the people to, to, to ball out and, and finish like a top 10 defense. And we weren't able to do that. Even when Keem Hicks was healthy, Khalil Mack, because of the attention to detail, the discipline, right? And this starts Chicago football. I don't care what anybody says. It is a defensive city. And that's how you build a fan base around that, right? Obviously, we want to see Justin Fields do well. And he will if we put the right coordinator in place. But it starts with defensive football. That's how you win games in this league. And, yes, it pays to have a great offense. But defense wins championships. It does. Uh, you know, I, you got to have a great offense. But the defense is the foundation. It's the anchor of the team. That's how it always been in Chicago when they've done well. And I think that's 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 the name of the game in, in Chicago. That's the name of the game in this league, right? You run the football, you play great defense, and you protect the football offensively. That's how you win games, especially playing a soldier field, cold weather football, especially November on. That's how that's how you build around this team. And I, I like the hire. I just need to see the coordinator. And then if the coordinator is two thumbs up, then I'm clapping. This is this is a great, great pickup. Um, because I just don't want to have a situation where we we look, you know, three years from now, four years from now, and we say, Oh, there's another Mitchell Trubisky incident, you know, because we didn't have the right offensive coordinator to help develop him and put him in a position to succeed. That's what that's what I'm hoping because that would be a tragedy because Justin Fields is, is a talent in this league. He should be a perennial pro bowler. He should be a guy that is on the, the NFL, ESPN page, doing highlights, this, that, and the other every week. I mean, he is, he is a show. He is like a Michael Vick type. He's a Lamar Jackson. He can throw better than him. Um, but I'm just hoping that we can, we can do that. So that's going to be interesting. If, Offensive coordinator is good. This this pick is 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 two thumbs up. Um, but back to back to um, what did you think about Jim Caldwell? Because at first I thought, eh. and then I thought I'm like, he had success in Indy, right? Baltimore, he had some success, and Detroit, that's impossible to win. Yeah, he he made two playoffs and he got fired in two yeah. years because. It's it's it, again. It's this. Uh, it's perception versus reality, Corey. And like I, I'm sure, as a former NFL player, you shake your head at that because you know what it's like in between. You know the hashes and the white lines, and and what matters is wins, and what matters is results. Yeah. Jim Caldwell's done that, right? Now look, yeah. he's sick. He's 67. So hiring him as the head coach, that was probably the only thing that I was kind of pausing with. Is so you're telling me that he's going to be 71, 72 years old when we give Justin Fields a 180, 200 million dollar contract? That always felt, I don't know, the, the the timing of that always felt weird, but I think as offensive coordinator, I think, honestly, I think that might be the safest the safest bet possible out there is to bring someone in like Jim Caldwell to run the offensive coordinator position. Because, dude, I'll tell you this, and this is probably the hottest take I'm probably going to have on the whole subject that we're talking about right now, is I think Matt Eberflew says like two years. I'll be honest with you. I think he's got like two years. I really do because guess what? In two years from now, if it's not working, uh, guess who's going to be coming back around the coaching mill again? Sean Payton. Guess who might be popping up again? Mike Tomlin. Guess who's probably yeah. going to still be popping up in rumors? Ryan Day. Guess who's still going to probably be out there is Jim Harbaugh. And we're going to have to make a decision on Justin Fields one way or the other. Now, look, having all said all that, 
I'm sure there was a ton of people that said that same thing about Lovey Smith, and then he went out and he put himself perhaps the best career outside of Ditka or Hallis that the Chicago Bears have ever seen as a head coach. So I want to say that as a caveat. So I, I think this offensive coordinator thing is just absolutely so crucial, and maybe that's probably what scared them away from Brian Flores, right? The fact that he was recycling through these guys, you know, like our coordinators like Skittles for a couple of years. Yeah. You know, they really got to get this higher right. And if it is Jim Caldwell, I could see him putting together two, three years of really, really solid foundational yeah. offensive football and get us to the right track, man. I mean, exactly. I, that would not that would not upset me. Yeah, it wouldn't at all. And and you look at the success he had, you know, obviously Matt Stafford is a very talented quarterback, but you talk about getting the ball out quickly, protecting your quarterback. That's something Jim Caldwell always did. You know, we had Matthew Stafford, um, you know, the, the quick throws, quick reads, um, you know, it, it, it allows for cleaner football, right? And it, and it takes the pressure off the offensive line, right? Because that could be something potentially, depending on what we can get as a left tackle, you know, our, our, our offensive line situation, you know, is up in the air right now. Um, I, I, I kind of like that the more you're saying that. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I, I could see that potentially, you know, getting the ball out quick, um, putting him in a position to succeed. You know, I think Jim Call was a guy that's been around and then, you know, with COVID and whatnot, he can take over the reins as the head coach if, if, if Eberflus has COVID or he has an emergency or something like that, right? Just help him handle the ship. You got yeah. a first-time coach and a first-time GM. I mean, Jim Caldwell is the guy that comes in and just stabilizes all that, is not going to want any headlines. He's not going to steal any power away from you. Yeah. He's like the perfect dude. That's what happens in basketball. You see that all the time is they have that right-hand man on the bench. You know, yeah. there's always a Mo Cheeks in the league, you know, sitting next exactly. to the guy trying to help them walk through scenarios. Uh, let's do a quick, a quick lightning round, quick reaction to a couple of these questions, and then I want to ask you about Ryan Poles, yeah. and we're going to get out of here. Right. First one, uh, did Dan Quinn have you excited? No. Yeah. No, he, he didn't have me excited. Um, you know, I, I like what he does defensively, but, um, yeah, there's something about the, the, the way his tenure ended in, in Atlanta that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, they weren't. You know, they weren't playing for him. They weren't playing exactly, for him. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and I, I think that's very telling because you look at Lovey's tenure, and and I always bring this back to this, but guys respected him. Even even the years we weren't winning, you know, our, our record, people played for him. You know, to run through a wall for him, and and that's a true sign of a locker room that respects their coach. And that's what you saw with the Bears. And it got to a point where you we saw a few guys. It seemed like they checked out with with Matt Nagy. You know, to be honest with you, and yeah, we're I, learning I a lot more. We're learning a lot more about that that situation in that locker room right now, and yeah, I think it's maybe more a testament to the players. Team. Yeah, more a testament to the players than the coaches of how they still continue to fight on a week in and week out basis. And yeah, with yeah. Dan Quinn, you know, all the takeaways that the Cowboys had. Well, give me Eberflus, right? The last four years, he's maintained an actual consistency yeah. with takeaways. So I'm kind of yeah. on board with you on that. Uh, would you have given Jim Harbaugh 100 million dollars in 10 years? No. No, I, would, I wouldn't have gave him that. Uh, the thing the thing with Jim Harbaugh, he wanted a, a slam dunk deal that, that, that there was going to be nothing, no other candidates. He wanted to sign right away because I think he wanted to play both. He wanted to have his feet just out of the water. So that way, if, if you say, oh, it's not there. Hey, no, I'm staying at Michigan. I wasn't even, I was just thinking about it. So he wanted, he wanted to play both sides of the fence. I, I, I get that because he's like, I'm not going to, put my name out there then it looks bad for recruiting for Michigan they probably told him that um so he was like I need a sure thing if I'm gonna leave and I need this amount of money and this that and the other but it would have been interesting to see and I think people you know were a little weary about that but 
people realize that they can't do certain stuff. And I think his stint in, in the NFL with San Francisco, he wore out his welcome there. Right. And I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard from people I know that that are in the Michigan coaching circle that he's gotten better about how, how he is with certain players and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I just think it really intrigued me. The fact that the success he had there with Colin Kaepernick being a mobile quarterback in the offense run heavy with the play actions, getting him on the move. Um, that really, really intrigued me. And I, I thought that would be a really good fit for Justin Fields. And he knows how to pick his coordinators. Look what he did with Vic Fangio and company. Yeah. Um, but so 10 I, years, I, I, 10 years, a hundred million, dude. Yeah. We even talked about him maybe bailing out after five and that'd be fine. Right. I mean, yeah. so you got five years of that weird, that weird dance and paying him money. I know it's not our money and I know it doesn't go on the salary yeah. cap, but I mean, 10 years, a hundred million, even the Raiders were like, no. So, I mean, isn't that all you need to know? Exactly. But yeah, I just thought because he's had the experience, you know, being a head coach and that's half the battle. I, I think Matt Nagy's biggest problem was he didn't have enough experience of managing an actual game and then managing, you know, the offensive calls, deep working with the defense and special teams. There were certain situations where he had to take a timeout where, oh. like you said, like he didn't have that that right hand man in his ear saying, "Okay, let's do this, let's do that." Right? Every good head coach has that, right? And he didn't have that, so I, I just think it was a little bit lack of experience and him not having the right people. Right? It, it's all it's all about having the right staff with you, right? That can enhance your career as a head coach and your success, or that can really damper how you do. And I think it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, once the, the coaching staff gets set, you know, I, I, I would love I would love to see Marinelli as the coordinator or lo- love. He's not happening, but Marinelli, I would love that. Right. Because I think that the Bears, he loves pass rushers. Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn coming off one of his best years. Mm-hmm. Um, he Akeem, Akeem Hicks Quinn. now back on Akeem the table, Hicks. possibly yeah, coming Akeem back. Hicks. And then and then, you know, Marinelli would probably try to get a great rotation. We got Travis Gibson in there. He'd probably try to get one more end. And another defensive tackle, three technique that can yeah. penetrate. Uh, you think you think Nichols Nichols can play nose, right? In your opinion? Yeah, Nichols can play nose for sure. Yeah, but I would, right? I would like one one more inside pass for you know a guy, uh-huh. maybe a younger guy or or guy coming off his first contract that kind of you know flash here and there that just needs the opportunity because Marinelli gets the best out of his players, and I think you know he can have a guy that maybe people is under the radar, but he shows his get off and things like that, and he can kind of tinker that you know look what he did with with Henry Melton you know guy that was running back out of college you know gets drafted to the Bears as defensive end and Marinelli's like no no, no you're not a defensive end you'd be better inside as a three technique and that was the best thing for his career and unfortunately he got the ACL but if he didn't have that ACL I think he would have been a perennial pro bowler in this league you know having you know seven to ten sacks a year um and Marinelli saw that in him you know um so, you know, you look at a guy like, like Max Crosby, too, you know, from, from uh, you know, defensive end. And, you know, Marinelli, you know, has raved about him. And, and Max Crosby was doing well before Marinelli. But I just look at the difference from him this year, from many other years. I mean, he's been in on every play. And it's all about effort, second, third moves. And there's definitely been a difference since Marinelli has coached him over there. Um, he's always been talented, but... I just see a different, like he's unblockable at some points, you know, just because of that relentless motor. And I think that's something that's missing with some coaches, right? Because people are talented, but the coaches that stress that motor 
And then the fact that you want to play for a guy like, like Marinelli and run through a wall. I mean, Max Crosby seeing some of his highlights, he didn't have, you know, the most sacks in the league. I think he ended up with eight or nine, but I mean, honestly, he probably should have had 20. I mean, he was mm -hmm. close there every time the pressures, the hits, the hurries. Um, it was just impressive. And I think he comes here, Marinelli, he could do the defensive coordinator and the defensive line, really get them going. Maybe they could lead the league in sacks. I think that would be a match made in heaven, in, in my opinion. Uh, you are bringing up something that I heard Alex Brown echo earlier today, and he said, remember when you were watching the Chicago Bears this year and you actually saw Robert Quinn chase down running back, uh, running backs after particular plays? He says, that's Rod Marinelli. And he's like, if you now with Eberflus, you should expect to see more of that. And that's that get out, all hustle. You can always strip the ball from behind. Yep. And that's kind of something that they lost. And that's something that Rod Marinelli preaches and teaches. Yep. Uh, a couple things before I forget. Um, you already mentioned it. Eberflus is also taught under different defensive schemes, Bear fans. So he's not going to be just tied to one thing. So he's going to be able to adjust. And we're curious to see who he keeps. Yeah. Does he keep Sean Desai as his defensive coordinator, or does he move on from someone? The other one is I actually forgot someone as a candidate for Bears offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator from the Eagles, Kevin Petulo. I just want to put that out there so Bears fans can keep an eye on that. Uh, my final one for you, Corey, let's just talk about our general manager. Uh, he's younger than me. Uh, <laughs> he's a young Dang, man. Dang, you old, I, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. They have to carry me into this chair. Every, but, yeah, 36-year-old Ryan Poles. He's got me by about a year and some change. Um, Boston College guy, offensive lineman, uh, undrafted, had a cup of coffee at the Chicago Bears, didn't make it. Um, I just want to get your take on him. I mean, we don't yeah. know a ton about him, but, man, yeah. this was a guy who played in the trenches, right, with you, yeah. obviously opposite of you. You were defensive yeah. lineman. But, um, I mean, do you just have – you know, some natural respect for that guy before yeah. he even like kind of walks in and takes the job from his background, where he's coming from. And what do you expect yeah. from him? I, I think him, him being uh, climbing the ladder so high, being so young, I think that's impressive. Uh, him being with the same organization through two different or two or three different GMs. Is yeah. Very telling. Pioli, Dorsey and the guys they have now. Yes, yeah. exactly. And all of them have speak, uh, spoke very high level, right? Um, Brett Beach, uh, supposedly, uh, Poles was his right-hand man, you know, responsible, helping him with Patrick Mahomes. He was instrumental in that. Um, and, yeah, the, the Andy Reid, you know, uh, signed off on him. I, I mean, there's so many people signing his praises. And I know he's young and not a lot of people know about him, but I think that's very telling that such a young guy was able to get multiple uh, GM interviews besides mm -hmm. just the Bears. Um, yeah, so he was the final a finalist for the yeah. Giants, the Panthers, and the Vikings. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's very telling. Um, and, and sometimes with, with the GM, it's tough. You know, the younger guys that haven't established themselves, that haven't had a GM tenure before or, you know, being, being in the league for 20-plus years. But I think he's a rising star in this league. And the more I hear about him, the more people signing off on him, singing his praise, I think it's going to be a good fit. Um, that's what you always want. You want the young, bright minds in football. And think about it. If if everything goes well with this with this tenure with coaches and et cetera, um, he could be here maybe for the next 20 years. You know, that would be a great situation if we could have the same GM here and then and then, you know, keep a head coach for a while. If Ibraflus is the guy and be here for the next 10 plus years. And then we build around him and then the defense is set and it's all about the offensive coordinator. So I really like him picking the defensive minded head coach, because I think that's back to the fundamentals of Chicago bear monsters of the midway, how you get the fan base, you know, really excited. 
yeah, yeah, Justin Fields has to perform well. And I don't think it's about him lighting it up. You know, I was thinking too, like, oh yeah, I would love Dable and I would love this and this. Yes, that'd be great. But Justin Fields doesn't have to light it up. All he has to do is flash a little bit here and there, right? Run the football with David Montgomery, Khalil mm -hmm. Herbert, right? Work the play action. Give him some of those short intermediate throws. Get his confidence up, right? And then once he does, then we'll open it up a little bit. But he doesn't have to be a pro bowler next year, right? It's all about him getting confident, him taking care of the football, and us playing good defense. Yeah, there's a couple things that I, I, I really want to see from Ryan Poles. Uh, the first one is just obvious through his offensive line background and what the Chiefs done yeah. last offseason with their offensive line is I want him to target that. Now, I'm not saying go out and break the bank. I mean, you can break the bank for one guy. I think we do need to try and figure out a way to have some prudent moves to get our salary cap back in shape a little bit. Don't kick any money and restructure any money into next year. Yeah. Kind of keep that as clean as you possibly can, but address that offensive line. Almost over uh, like address that offensive yeah. line. Draft, right. free agency, whatever it is. I do like the fact that the Chiefs haven't had a lot of first-round draft picks in the four of the last six years. Yeah. Uh, the Chicago Bears don't have one this year, so he should be at home. Um, the second one is... You know, to be honest with you, and look, this doesn't really come down to the job. I just want him – he's got to talk more. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He's got to address the media, the fan base, even if he gives us lame answers. Lovey Smith was never the most quotable person in the press yeah. conference, but I think our general manager, Ryan Pace, was very – adamant of he would either talk to the Chicago Bears website, which no one ever looked to, and he'd talk at the beginning and he'd talk at the end of the year. You got to do more than that. You got to go out there. You got to address this team. Keep George McCaskey away from a microphone and just, <laughs> dude, really, and just try and talk to the fan base a little bit more. Deliver a clear message and we will get on board with it. And then honestly, you know, the final one is just keep hiring smart people. I heard he, there's rumors on Twitter that he's reaching out to other directors or pro, pro personnel He's already looking at expanding, you know, his analytic and pro area of like who he's going to bring in, build it bigger, bigger, yeah. smarter minds, Corey, exactly. whoever it is, bring them in, yeah. talk to them, you know, actually, you know, get some perspective, get some people in house that you can bounce some stuff off of. It doesn't have to be you all the time. Yeah. And if he does those three things, I, I would like to think he'll be successful. Well, what's the saying? They say, if you're the, if you're the smartest man in the room, there's a problem there. Right. So, yeah, bring, so you're the smartest yeah. man in the room. You're the fool or something like, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like something that. Like that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, it's basically saying, you know, bring smart people around that's smarter than you and they can teach you. You can learn from them. You can grow. Like there's people in this league that have been out of the league. Um, you know, bring, bring a guy like Jim Caldwell. If you don't want him as a coordinator, bring him as some kind of qual uh, offensive, some, some kind of position in there yeah. where he can mentor, where he can work with, with a guy like Justin Fields. Um, offer his his advice to Eberflus, stuff like that. Like that's that's a no brainer. A guy that has been in the league as a head coach, he could be valuable for this for this franchise. So things like that, having intelligent people that have been there, that've been in these positions, uh, on some other role, if they're not going to be the major roles, right? Because I'm sure you know the people that have been sitting at home, haven't been working, they're they're looking for something to do. They love football. They're football people. That's why they're coaches. That's why they're involved in in you know the front office stuff because they want to be around football. So find intelligent people that have, that have been around, you know, really good organizations have done great things in this league and bring them in on some other roles. And you know what? This goes for a lot of things in life. Find people that disagree with you. 
You know what I mean? Like, just try and get different perspectives and just hear that out. I'm not saying that you're not someone that can't be swayed one way or the other, but just find different opinions, people that would maybe go different paths just to see what those perspectives are so you can line it up with your path and go forward and do the best that you can. And, yeah, man, I mean, and maybe oh, maybe while you're at it, start mending some bridges too as well. Yeah. If, if you got the time, uh, yeah. I know it's going to be a busy schedule, Mr. Poles, but we talked with Peggy Kaczynski the week before. Yeah. But, you know, we're kind of leaning towards – you know, there's a lot of guys still invested in the Chicago Bears. And not, you know, you, yourself, you know, Alex Brown, Charles Tillman, Jerry Azuma, yeah. Lance Briggs, um, Olin Krutz. The list goes on of a lot of Bears, uh, former Bears that still care about the franchise and love weighing in with their opinion. Yeah. I'm not saying we need to go to every single one of them, but these are voices that should be respected oh, yeah. and at least heard out because whatever. Like, if you can pick one idea out of the patch, yeah, not bad. Yeah, it- yeah, that, that that would be that would be awesome. But I think as far as free agents and positions that we need to focus on, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The left tackle, that's number one. Money. I, I think I yeah, I think I think guards, we can figure that situation out, right? Wait, wait quick quick question. Left tackle or a center who can help with checks at the line of scrimmage for Justin Fields? What do you think would maybe be a better better spend? Left left tackle, hundred percent. Okay. Because because look you look at um Andrew Whitworth going to the Rams, right? Later in his career, mm-hmm. everyone says he's older, he's this. Um, look how well that's played out, right? For Trent Williams, Trent there. Williams, 49ers. Yeah. Trent Williams, right? Yeah. A guy, yeah. A, guy, a guy that was kind of, you know, coming off. They're like, oh, he's, he's kind of hasn't been the same, this, that, and the other. It's been a great pickup. So maybe a guy that's maybe a little bit older in terms of football, but still got a, a lot of left in the tank, you know? Or we could possibly potentially draft somebody or trade in the draft. But we need to secure this left tackle position. I think that's first and foremost. That's where we have to put all the money, all the attention, if we need to use draft picks for a left tackle, right? And then I think, you know, wide receiver. I think, you know, it's going to be hard to get a true number one this year, in my opinion. I think another, a number two, you know, somebody that yeah. can comp- complement a Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, maybe bring a guy like Goodwin back again. Um, you know, have have a true number two, right? Um, and I know we were looking at Michael Gallup and he had the ACL, but hey, maybe maybe throw some money on him at a prove-it deal, you know? Yeah. A one-year with an option, you know, to have a three-year deal if he, if he proves mm-hmm. himself. He's, he's, he's a smaller, lighter guy. Um, you know, I think the recoveries, look how it worked out with Allen Robinson, right? And I think Allen Robinson would have continued to get better in the Bears franchise if it wasn't for the, the rift between him and Matt Nagy, right? So maybe you have a guy like Michael Gallup on that same kind of thing, you know, you get a prove it deal, you know, um, potentially. So um, I think that could be something very interesting because I don't think he's going to get a lot of money coming off an ACL um, in my opinion, but yeah, there's, there's uh, Christian Kirk, like you said, um, that yeah. could be a potential option. Um, and then defensive back, you know, we need, we need another safety. We need another cornerback. Uh, um, you know, I think we could potentially do that in the draft, you know, get a uh, under the radar guy potentially um, that can play, you know, maybe from a mid-major or smaller college. Um, yeah, like look that. for slot corner, you know, maybe give yeah. Thomas Graham a bite at the apple, see what he can do with it. I mean, a lot of people are already saying Kyle yeah. Fuller is going to be back on the street. Could he maybe Bryce Callahan yeah. going to be a free agent. Adrian Amos is going to be a free agent. There's a lot of former Bears from previous Union. successful defenses that you can maybe bring back possibly yeah. on the cheap. And, uh, yeah, man, look, it's going to be a lot to talk about. You know, Ryan and Matt are our football guys. Yeah. Again, 
but that yeah, doesn't mean exactly. that this offseason is going to be uh, any less dour. It's going to be, if anything, way more interesting than it's ever been before. And, Corey, that's what we're going to do here on Believe in Bears. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. I want to leave a little meat on the table because uh, we're going to come back next week. I think we're going to have a really special guest uh, joining us to, to break down some stuff, so we're going to see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, Corey, man, today's episode of Believe in Bears was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, if you check this out on YouTube, thank you so much. Like, subscribe to the Believe Podcast page. Throw a comment or question down below. We'll try and get back to you. And uh, stir up the conversation. Uh, Bear season's over, but there's plenty to talk about, Corey. Uh, until yeah. then, man, bring us home on another great pod. Yeah, man, I'm I'm, I'm glad we finally got the uh, GM and head coaching situation figured out. Um, yeah. You know, at first it kind of kind of took me a little off guard, but the more the more I've been researching about him, the more I'm hearing. Uh, I really like it. Getting back to the fundamentals of Chicago Bear football. Great defense. Hope we can get that offensive coordinator in mind that's going to help Justin Fields' career. Um, and like I said, he doesn't need to light it up. He just needs to be able to control the game, use his feet, uh, complete these passes, and just limit his turnovers. Great defense. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I think, you know, in, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have an idea about the staffs that are going to be coming yep. in and, and whatnot. So, you know, hopefully we can talk about that. But, yeah, we finally got that out the, out the way and uh, ex- excited for the future of, of Chicago Bear football. You know, this year has been tough, and I think all – us and, and the fans included are, are excited for for a better year next year. So I, I think they're reinvigorated. You know, anytime there's a new coach in there, they're excited about what the future brings. Hopefully it is a, a playoff berth and a playoff run next year. That, that would be great. Um, so I'm excited for it. Um, yeah, next week, you know, we got the special guest. So looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, you can, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O-2-T-O-N. And looking forward to doing this next week, my man. Yeah, follow me at Joey Sports Guy. And I, very well said, man. Uh, it would be very cool to be proud of Chicago Bears football again. And uh, we may be just taking that first step to getting right back there. Uh, thank you so much for checking out this episode. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And remember... Flus! The flus! <laughs> Flu season, baby! Sound like you were in, in Beer Fest or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a train going down the tracks. O- Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs>